Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. As I come to Genesis 20, I actually get excited because we're going to see that Abraham, as faithful as he was, as a man of faith as he was, as he obeyed God, as he commanded his children, all the good things that we see that he did, he was also human and that he made mistakes. And I believe that's why God shares with us the truth of these men in order to encourage us to stay faithful to him even when we mess up, to come back, get right, do what's right after a mistake. And Abraham here in chapter 20 makes a big boo-boo. He makes a big mistake. And we can learn from this, as the Bible says, a just man falls seven times, but he rises again. So in Abraham's life, God shows us where he doesn't make good choices. And that's what happens here in chapter 20. We're going to go through these, this chapter, and we're going to try and learn from it. We're going to see that as Abraham was lifted up very much in the New Testament as a man that believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness, he was a man that by faith followed God. There was times that his faith wavered. And when we have those times, I'm not making excuses for those times. I'm not saying it's okay that we have those times. But when we do, if we do, I say more when because we're human and we make mistakes, but when we do, we need to get up and keep going, do what's right, forsake those times of a lack of faith and follow God. And that's why I'm excited as we come to this chapter. It's not a very exciting chapter, actually, but it excites me to know that even good men, good men like Abraham, messed up from time to time. It says here, and Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. So where is he journeying from? It says from thence. So he was over by Hebron. He was in the plains of Mamre. Remember how uh, we talked about that? And in that area, he could look over and he could see the destruction of Sodom. And he saw what happened there. And we don't know why he moved the bible doesn't tell us why some people have speculated that he moved because the smell was so bad the sulfuric smell from uh the brimstone that you know just tore everything up out there some people have said he moved because he was so embarrassed by lot and his his incestual relationship with his daughters some people say he moved because he wanted to see more of the promised land some people say he moved because he didn't want to have roots planted so strongly because he wanted to be a sojourner in the land, as God had said. Remember, he had come from a city, and now he lived in tents. The Bible doesn't tell us why. We do know that he sojourned, and he moved around from time to time. We know that he was in the Hebron area from between 15 to 20 years. He had been there a while, and he decided to move. Uh, He might have moved because the cattle had eaten up the grass a lot. Who knows? It's not that important. What's important is when he moved, he didn't live by faith after he moved. It wasn't, I don't think that the move was so bad at this point. Whereas when he went down to Egypt, he was living in fear. This, it just says he moved. And in verse 2, it says, And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, 
She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. So it kind of jumps real fast into the story here. Uh, Abraham tells the people where he's at. He's in Gerar, and he tells everybody, this is my sister. Sarah's my sister. Abimelech is another word for, like, father. And so um, we know that the kings of the Philistines were all called Abimelech. You're going to see that name a lot, kind of like Pharaoh. There's lots of pharaohs in Egypt, and that just means that they were leaders in Egypt. In this way, Abimelech is like the father of this king of Gerar, and and we don't know if he's the first one of the Philistines or or what. But at any way, at any rate, sorry, he takes Sarah to come into his harem, and what this says to me, we know she's uh, close to ninety years old because all this the interesting thing with these last few chapters we have a better timetable because we know at one point the Lord appears to Abraham and he says your wife is going to have a baby and three months later she's going to have a baby by the end of the year of course then Sodom and Gomorrah happens here uh, she's we don't know how soon I'm guessing that Abraham did move quite quickly after the whole Sodom and Gomorrah situation but she's least 89 years old and she's so beautiful that this king takes her to be his wife as far as to bring her in to be one of his wives I cannot imagine that Um, somebody was joking around can we please share the the beauty creams that she used I don't know you know but at at any rate she was a beauty so much so that this king took her But, in verse 3, it says, But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Now, when we read the King James Version, there are words that are italicized. That means that the translators put these words in to make it clearer for us to read in English. If you notice, I think it's kind of funny, uh, in the middle of the verse, art, but, are both italicized. So when God comes to Abimelech, it's like him saying, behold, you a dead man. You know, <laughs> that's what it's saying. You, you're done. You're dead, man. You're, you're through. And I just, that's just a funny side note. As I noticed that, that art, but, is, is there. And it's the same, it's saying the same thing, but it's just, really clear that God's saying, oh, you're, you're in for it, guy. You know, this is, this is serious what's happening. But Abimelech, he had not come near to Sarah yet. And that idea of not coming near, it doesn't mean that he didn't talk to her. It wasn't that he didn't sit by her. The idea is he was not sexually intimate with her. And so then he says, Lord, wilt thou also slay a righteous nation? So he's now becoming very self-righteous here. He had no problem taking another woman into his harem, but now he's saying, we're good people. We, we, we follow you, and, and are you going to slay us because that? And, and then he says in verse 5, why he says this. He says, said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she even, she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hand have I done this. So, now we have a little bit more understanding of how they agreed together, Abraham and Sarah. They both agreed, 
every time he tra- he travels into another area, they were going to say that they were brother and sister. We're, he, Abraham's going to explain why later, and, and we know he already did this once. But this is deceit. Deceit is when you have part truth and part lie. The problem with deceit is the lie that you tell overruns the right. You Doing part truth is deceit, and God does not like deceit. He says deceit is wrong. We excuse deceit by saying, well, I did say some truth. You know, we're dealing with our kids sometimes, and, you know, they're little, and we ask them a question, and maybe we asked it too specific, and they think, oh, well, I can answer that, and they really don't tell the truth. That's deceit, and that's exactly what happened here. So Abimelech saying, God, I did this not knowing she was a man's wife. I would not have taken her. Although he he grabbed her up with her beauty right away, you know. So and then it says, and God said unto him in a dream. So this time now we know how God's talking to Abimelech. He's talking to him in a dream. Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. So God knew that Abimelech was innocent. The, the issue was Abraham. Think, ladies, why God was so insistent on Abimelech not touching Sarah. What had God promised to Abraham and Sarah? A son by Abraham and by Sarah. We know, we know Abraham had taken shortcuts before and uh, had a child by the bondservant. Now, God does not want Sarah to become pregnant by a Philistine king. He, that's for sure why. He said, you know, I withheld you from her. I believe Abimelech was very interested, and maybe events just happened where he couldn't get to her. And, and he's thinking, why? I think she's so beautiful. I want to be with her. But God says, I suffered thee not to touch her. And God protected Sarah because of that promise. And in verse 7, God's still talking. He says, Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. So here he talks about Abraham being a prophet. And this idea is that Abraham was a follower of God. He talked with God. We know he met with God. We talked about that in earlier times where he came in the morning and he met with God and he prayed to God and he um, worshiped God. And, and God says, he is a prophet. He will pray for you. But if you don't restore her, watch out. And I think if Abimelech, he knew this was serious business because in the mor- it says, therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning and called his servants and told all these things in their ears, and the men were sore afraid. I believe the other men were afraid because they thought, oh, this is great. This woman's beautiful. We're, we're going to get them for, for Abimelech's wife. This is great. And God was judging all of them for it. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, Why, What hast thou done to us? And what have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me and all my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. 
at this time, it sure seems like these people were still trying to follow God. They were trying to follow the, the laws that God had set up. We know he had not set up the uh, laws for the nation of Israel, but they God did set up moral laws, and they knew that this was wrong, and they didn't want to offend God. And at this time, they were very offended by what happened. And they're frustrated with Abraham because they're like, don't you see the importance of this? Don't you see what could have d- happened? And this is what happens when we don't have faith. When we don't have faith, we hurt the people of this world even more than us sometimes. They, they can be pushed away from Christianity because of our lack of faith, and they don't want anything, any part of it. And they say, what in the world are you doing? This is a shame when the world has to reprimand the people, reprimand the people of God. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? He's like, what in the world would make make you think that you need to do this? So Abraham is going to reply, and we're going to understand some of the thinking behind why Abraham had this lapse in faith. Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet, indeed, she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. So And so it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, This is the kindness which thou shalt show unto me at every place whither we shall come. Say of me, he is my brother. So earlier, we didn't have all this explanation when he went down to Egypt. We looked at this passage when we talked through that. But he gives some more knowledge and to know that Tara, his father, had more than one wife. So this helps us to understand the genealogies also that God is only sharing with us certain uh, children that were born because he doesn't go through the children that are born from other mothers and all that kind of stuff. He's only showing what we need to know. And he just all along, he knew she was a beautiful woman. And he said, anytime we go here, let's tell everybody you're my sister. Now, who knows why Abraham was thinking that, except for we know that the children of Canaan are wicked, wicked people. As we saw, Sodom, they're ready to, you know, just destroy two men. And so maybe Abraham thinks, ah, I have to do this to keep me safe. And we will finish this story the next time. But the point I want to make today is that when we reason things through, a lot of times we are in danger of living faithless. We have to just trust God. And women, we're very guilty of this. And I know this is a man in this example, and I, I know men can reason things out too, but well, we women, we sure do it often. When we take and we reason things that we think have to happen a certain way in order for us to be safe or have to happen a certain way for us to be able to succeed, well, I have to do this in order to make money with my business, watch out. These are pitfalls of faithlessness. And we can fall into that, and problems only come from living with no faith. When we have faith, God blesses. Heavenly Father, I pray we will be women of faith, that we, we wouldn't waver when things appear to be uh, a certain way, but we would by faith keep following you in every step and every decision that we make. 
Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may he greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following his word.